Hello friends and welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. I'm your host Owen Hamilton. I am fresh off the plane back home from Skiathos, Greece. Myself and Paul were over there for a couple of days of the World Trails Conference and my god it was an amazing experience. We always knew the relevance and the importance of trail organizations but it was a truly an eye-opening experience to hear all of the the work that these amazing people do to build manage and maintain trails Uh, i highly highly recommend that you check out the world trails network website uh, for more information about all the various trails from around the world obviously in the new version of the application i don't know if anybody has seen this but that's partly my fault because I should be telling people more about this but we are putting trail organizations front and center in the app so if you look at any trail on our on our new platform it will be coming to the website soon but if you if you look at any trail you'll see a big prominent purple button that says donate to trail and uh, the idea of this is is that that will direct you to the donation page for that trail organization so if it's the southwest coast path or if it's the the continental divide trail or if it's um you know if it is a small you know hiking group that has been developing that trail we want to link up with those people and you know drive traffic to them drive awareness and hopefully drive donations to them as well because it is it is a big pain point for these organizations some are government funded some are partially government funded some are completely donation funded so it is really important that we 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 support them um so yeah yeah you can check this out on, on the new application right now We'll definitely feature a lot more content and interviews all around trail organizations over the coming weeks and months. Um, But today on the show, we're joined by a really interesting guest, Greg Morrissey, who is the founder of the Mountain Goat Movement, uh, an adventure organization that's that's, uh, based in the greater New York City area. They use the outdoors to foster project-based learning skills, stewardship practices, and fellowship. Greg himself is a human-powered adventurer, uh, a former high school teacher and a coach. He's led thousands of young people on trips in the outdoors from national parks in the United States uh, to places like the Andes in Peru, and more recently he was in Kilimanjaro in Africa. He's a member of the Explorers Club, the Next Generation of Explorers, and the American Alpine Club. Greg uses his network and resources to provide meaningful transformational adventures for all young people, regardless of financial background. Uh, Back in 2017, Greg bikepacked himself from Canada to Mexico, and he used this trip to raise over $40,000 to support financially restricted students to participate in outdoor excursions, which has since funded 13 students on hiking and trekking trips all over the world. Uh, he's got some upcoming personal projects, including climbing, uh, I can't pronounce this mountain name in one go, so here's the outtakes, Aconcagua, yeah, I got it, in January, and he's uh, got some more trips as well, with the Mountain Gulf Movement in January, with a trip up Kalimanjaro, uh, along with Emmy-winning cinematographer uh, John Barnhart and a trek in the Himalayas to support the building of an orphanage with legendary Everest guide Tendi Sherpa. 
But first, this episode of The Hiker Podcast and all episodes of The Hiker Podcast are brought to you by Hiker. Well, what is Hiker, you might say? Hiker is your complete digital hiking tool. You can choose from our library of over 15,000 verified hiking trails and take advantage of the POI, that's points of interest data, that we have available to help you plan your journey. You can also calculate measurements of sections of the trail you wish to hike and zoom in on the elevation and distance of these sections. You can also plot your route and track your hikes while using the best digital maps available, including Harvey Maps, East-West Maps, Ordnance Survey, USGS, IGN France, and so many more. Hiker is free to download, so head over to the App Store or Play Store now to start your adventure. Oh, I totally forgot to mention that we have t-shirts now. Uh, you can pick up a really cool t-shirt if I do say so myself. They're designed by our Chief Design Officer, Pete Britton. It's a very official name. He's one, like, one of my best friends, but he is also the CXO. Um, you can head over to our Instagram page where you can see them and just message us if you want to pick them up. They're reasonably priced. They're also as sustainable as we could get them. They are made by Stanley Stella and they are printed by our good friends over in Merch Limbo who printed the, uh, the designs on the t-shirt. They're reasonably priced. They're about 24 euros, 25 euros, depending on where you are in the world uh, for postage. Um, so yeah, head over to our Instagram page and pick one up there. Now, without further ado, is my interview with Greg Morrissey. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Like, this has been a long time coming. I know we spoke earlier in the year, uh, just before you're heading off on a bunch of your trips, and we said we, we, we'd, uh, we, we'd revisit this and get you onto the show. So it's, fine. it's great to finally have you on the show. Yes, sir. It's great to meet you as well. And um, I'm excited to venture out to Ireland at some point over the next year to meet you face to face. Oh, absolutely. There's a, there's plenty of trails, plenty of adventure to happen in this tiny little part of the world. So yeah, we'd be delighted to have you. Um, so Greg, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your history. How did you get into the outdoors? Uh, when, sure. when was that, that moment when you realized it was the life for you? Sure. So I grew up in New Jersey, right outside of New York City, um, where oftentimes it's um, a bit more difficult to find you know, good hiking trails. Um, you know, I think of the Catskills being two and a half hours north of New York City as a great place for climbers and trekkers. Um, I grew up in a, in a beautiful two-parent home, and uh, my parents, at a very young age, introduced me to the great outside. Um, so we spent many weekends hiking, going to the beach. Um, I learned to surf. I learned a little bit of climbing. Um, and then I also did Boy Scouts. Um, and I think my time in Boy Scouts, especially having my dad as, as a mentor to look up to, um, really inspired me um, to immerse myself in the outdoors. There was a particular moment in scouting um, whereby I fell in love with, with I guess, like the dangers of, of the outdoors and was also humbled by it. Um, I was about 14 years old and we were on a trek across New Mexico um, and I ventured off with a couple buddies. And we wound up getting lost off trail and my dad and a couple other parents actually had to call a helicopter rescue. Um, and it was so in, in this moment at 14 years old, I realized just how perilous um, the mountains can be. Um, but I also left that trip with a hunger, with a hunger to want to be back in these situations where, you know, you're away from your phone, you're away from the everyday norms of society and conveniences, and you can have go out and have an adventure. So I think 
that moment in particular um, was very profound in my upbringing. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like I've been I've actually been thinking quite a lot lately about about risk um, and people's aversion to risk and how that it's this might sound a little bit weird, but it, it sometimes can be a little bit like a an addiction um, and that, like you, you know, you're not I think what you were describing there was that you were put into this situation or you ended up in this situation and everything ended up being OK. Mm. and it's kind of that hunt again for that of like you want to be in that situation again and for obviously you want it to be okay like you don't want to like be in a situation and then never be found and never make your way back but it's I suppose relying on your own skills or relying on the that group mentality of like we're gonna we're gonna find our way out of this and the, the survive the natural survival skills that you get yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it and it kind of reinforced everything that I learned in scouting and through my folks. It's like you always need to be prepared when you go into adverse environments. Um, you need to know what you're doing. And I'm I'm blessed in some sense that I had that experience when I was 14, because now as an adult, as someone who leads young people in the outdoors, um, you know, I'm dialed in on on what we need to have a safe adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you, you had the outdoors life like you were raised by the outdoors really yes. so yes. like how did that then bleed on to uh the work that you now do in your company and your organization mountain gulf movements sounds great so um i grew up i think you know growing up like i i fell in love with team sports so i played hockey and lacrosse and i did that throughout college and then after college um i worked as a high school teacher um, and so for the last decade, I've taught at an all boys school in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, we're right across from the Freedom Tower and World Trade. Um, so, you know, we're nowhere near a mountain. We are in the concrete jungle of the metropolitan area. Um, but one thing that I saw as a need in that school, especially with young boys who, you know, want to get out and have an adventure is we didn't have an outdoor program. Um, so for about nine years, I, I built an outdoor program at that school. Um, we, we built up like hiking trips, trekking trips, climbing, surfing, skiing, any avenue or vehicle to access the outdoors. And in these trips, for a lot of those guys, it was their first time doing something significant. Um, so I kind of was inspired by that experience and I figured I would start a company so that I could reach out to even more folks beyond just the ones that I served as a teacher. Um, so in 2020, you know, of all years, I, I started Mountain Goat Movement. Um, and so for the last two years, I've been focused on um, curating meaningful, transformative trips for all young people, um, kind of regardless of financial income and experience. And so trips can range as something as an elementary weekend of camping, like, you know, maybe a young person has ever been camping before, we can build that trip and hopefully provide um, an experience whereby they want to be inspired to do more. All the way to, um, you mentioned it earlier last week, I just got back from Kilimanjaro, and uh, I successfully led a group of 10 young people to the summit and back. Um, so it, it runs the gamut in terms of what we can do. But I think like Hiker, um, our mission is to get more people outside. And my niche as a former high school teacher is to work specifically with young people that's great like you do do have a perspective of i suppose on one hand someone who 
was raised in the outdoors, someone who, uh, you know, got outdoors often, was hiking, was was doing all these different activities at, at such a young age. And you know the impact that has had on your life. And now you're working in this, you were working in an area as a teacher um, where these people, these kids that you're, you're, you're working with on a, on a daily basis, you can like instantly see, you know, if this person was led outdoors, if this person was brought into the, into the, uh, like a, a national park, a hiking trail, a canoe trip, whatever it is, a camping trip, the impact that's going to immediately have on them because you lived that yourself. Um, yeah. so like, it, it's, it's amazing what you're doing and, 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 uh, sparking that kind of joy and, uh, a sense of adventure at an early age is so important as well, because so many people, I suppose, speaking on my own behalf, I've only really discovered the outdoors in the last decade of my life. I, I didn't live a, a life in the outdoors. I, by all means, definitely did go out into the outdoors on occasion, but mm. like compared to what you described in your life, it's it's completely different. Um, I'm very much in love in the outdoors right now. But I was uh, imagine most people that had lived my life probably wouldn't have the same love for the outdoors that you and I probably share. Mm. But people that li- live it from a very early age, they they go on to have that throughout the rest of their life. So it's really important work that you're doing. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point. Like, it seems like once people immerse themselves into the outdoors, no matter the age, yeah, it becomes the, a part of your life, a part of your DNA. And it is a part of our DNA. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we have to, the, a, 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 the instinct to, to go outside, to get outdoors. And, you know, here in Ireland, it's a little bit more wet than probably most places in the world. But <laughs> it's proven it's scientifically proven that you know more time in the outdoors equals better mental health it was sometimes equals better physical health as well because you're outdoors you're breathing fresh air you're you're using your body more than you would do in a in a in, a, in an urban environment um so it's it's definitely the place to be absolutely and you know when we were on Kilimanjaro, um, we had we had ten guys with us, um, and they were all at a different stage in their life. So we had a couple guys who just graduated high school, a couple who just graduated college, all the way up to me, and I'm in my thirties. Um, and everyone spoke on that trip. We were on the trail for seven days. Everyone spoke about how they were trying to figure out something in their life. And you know, on Kilimanjaro, it's kind of like a walking meditation, um, whereby you're only focused on your breath and your footwork. And so for doing that for seven days, like you really come to some in-depth realizations about your life and what you've been, what you're doing, where you want to go. Um, so I think like to your point, you know, when we think about, well, some folks fall in love with the outdoors at an early age, others it's later on in life. It was very interesting from my point of view to see folks at 18, 22, all the way up to 30 work through um you know particular things in their own life back home and and the outdoors lends a space for that Hmm. yeah and 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 it's funny that you went down this road in 2020 uh with starting the movement and you know hiker was definitely a product of that as well we 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 started before but by all means we we dove head head first into it in 2020 the whole world did as well that there was this like great awakening of 
there's something outside and I need to go out there now. Like I'm not sitting in front of this computer screen anymore. I need to go outside and, and actually explore the world. There was this great pause. And I think people like yourself, movements like the, uh, the mountain goat movement and things like Hiker, even like Strava and like all those other outdoor applications, they've just exploded over the last two years, particularly in 2020, because people were like, I need to get out there. I need to ex- explore. And, you know, the Stravas and the hikers of the world are just like the metrics of that. That's just a way of kind of proving the point that that, that did happen, but you could even see it yourself. Yeah. People yeah. getting outdoors, social media, you can see like it, you go to a national park in, in, or a forest, a forest in, uh, near New York, you go to, up to the Adirondacks. I'm sure it's like three times the amount of people that normally would be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And then sometimes, you know, it's tough when you're on a trail and hundreds of people there and it, there's a boon and a bane to it. But I, at the end of the day, I think in the, the world in which we live, like it's a wonderful thing to see more folks eager to want to get on a trail on a Saturday morning. Well, do you want to tell me a little bit more about the, the movement? I, I, I suppose you talked about what you do, but what's the mission behind it in a little bit more kind of detail? Sure. So um, the mission really piggybacks off of my work as a high school teacher so um, in addition to jumpstarting the school's outdoor education program, I was also a literature teacher. And so my focus as a literature teacher was on storytelling. Um, so oftentimes I would bring in uh, contemporary explorers and climbers and mountain athletes into my classroom to kind of share their stories, because I think their stories had, a, you know, there was a great deal to unpack in terms of um, overcoming adversity um, discovering humility in the outdoors, um, skills pertaining to like self-sufficiency and resourcefulness. So I wanted to bring that piece in as a teacher. And then with Mountain Goat Movement, I felt like I could attract a wider audience with that same platform, with that same mission. Um, so the mission really is to provide opportunities for young people to get outside in meaningful, transformative ways. Um, And in doing that, I try to utilize my network. So I'm very fortunate to be a part of the Explorers Club, um, the American Alpine Club, um, you know, and I kind of tap into these resources that we have to build affordable trips. Um, You know, so for example, uh, I've taken guys to the Grand Teton and we've done climbing trips there, um, whereby, you know, we have some professional climbers who work on that mountain and they're eager to support young people. And so there's a happy marriage that we find there and it kind of cuts out some of the middlemen in terms of pricing. Um, And then my work as a human powered adventurer, um, I've been able to do some trips that have raised funds for financially restricted young people. Um, So the first one that I did was I, with one of my colleagues, we cycled from Vancouver, Canada to Tijuana, Mexico. And over that 30-day trip, um, we raised about $40,000 to support young people. So we were fortunate enough, like uh, Cavu, a company out here, supported us and Cliff Bar supported us. And so we could really spend the bulk of our time, in addition to riding and hiking and camping, um, focusing on the fundraising part of the project. And then that inspired other projects. Like uh, one summer, actually, I did wild camping in Ireland. So... Um, I was on the West coast of Ireland for about a month and a half and left from Shannon airport and camped in random backyards and farms all the way to uh, Waterford, 
I went to Dunmore East, which is where I have some family in Dunmore East. Um, so that was another trip. And then um, right now I'm, I'm looking to hike the highest point in all 50 states in the U.S., um, culminating with hopefully Denali. And so, you know, I'm using that to hopefully uh, fundraise and continue to grow our scholarship uh, program, which, you know, kind of supports guys in Jersey City and New York City and these tougher pockets in the New York area um, so that they can, you know, find uh, trips with us with Mountain Goat Movement and the outdoors that can hopefully um, inspire them to continue to to uh, learn everything that the outdoors can do for us. That's awesome. That's really, really inspiring stuff. Like, particularly your kind of focus on on urban areas as well, um, because I suppose those disadvantaged areas and those disadvantaged youths are they're limited by by the infrastructure that's around them um like the the cost of a family or even an individual to get from new york city like downtown new york city or even like one of the boroughs in new york city yeah out to the adirondacks or out to you know i you know i'm over here in dublin i don't know that the the geography of of america that well but like to get to a local national park to get even to like a you know, trails, you know, Central Park only has, you know, a certain amount of trails and like there's there's not that many that are like in and around the city. So to really immerse yourself into the outdoors is, I would say, almost impossible in areas like that. So funding these trips and, and, and you know, it's not like these trips are hopefully the inspiration for the the future explorers, those people that are going to live, come from these areas and then get more people out to the outdoors. So what you're doing is really inspiring. Thank you. Um, and hopefully it is something that, you know, is a bit of a sea change as well in terms of that infrastructure that, you know, you're, you're creating awareness that these people cannot reach the outdoors in, a, in, a, in, you know, immerse themselves in the outdoors. So, you know, hopefully that there is a bit of a sea change around that. It's like, okay, we need to get like better, you know, transportation. We need to make it more affordable. We need to make, uh, you know, have some sort of system there to allow those people to, to get out to the outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even like gear, gear is yeah. so expensive oh, yeah. these days. Like if you want to buy a decent pair of trekking pants for cold weather position, uh, you know, treks, you're probably going to spend $200. And so now with Mountain Goat Movement, you know, I'm two years into this, so we're still very much building, but the hope is to partner and align with companies whereby we can provide affordable gear for guys. And you speak about transportation, like in the New York area, the outdoors are often an afterthought. So, you know, I'm hopefully trying to build out a van whereby we can take eight to 10 guys up to the Catskills two and a half hours away, and we don't have to worry about that expense in the long term. Um, but yes, there are so many moving pieces. And, you know, same thing with Dublin, like getting out of any major city, there are moving pieces to accessing the outdoors. And, um, you know, I think we're, you and I are blessed to live in a time where companies, big companies are really starting to think about that and include that in their own uh, mission statements. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and information as well is, is another thing like edu- education and information. And that's, you know, you're, you're ticking a lot of boxes there yourself with, with the movement and with, you know, your, 
experience as a teacher um, and being able to connect with people and the stories that you're bringing in as well from all these different professional um, mountaineers, climbers, hikers, adventurers, that that kind of stuff, it, like it really makes a huge impact on people's lives. Like I think if I was uh, exposed to some sort of ex- uh, explorer when I was, you know, 15 years old, he's like, oh, I went on this wild trip. I actually do remember when I was 16, I think I was, no, I was younger than 16. I think I was still in, you know, uh, primary school, elementary school. Uh, it was the end of that. We took a trip over to the west of Ireland to uh, the Burren. I don't know if you remember that from your trip. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Very close to Shannon Airport, actually. Yes. And I do remember staying, we stayed in an adventure center. Um, and we did stuff like cave diving and we did... Um, uh, we did a little bit of rock climbing. We did stuff like that. Um, and it did have an impact on me. And I do remember that there was like a couple of like the cool, like 20 something year old adventure center people that worked there. And I was just like, you guys are so cool. I want to yeah. live this life. And I just saw posters of like people like free soloing, like sea cliffs off the coast of, you know, uh, I don't know, some like very exotic looking country. And that yeah. had a big impact on me. And I think that I just even remembering that right now is, is having like, is giving me that, that want to be outdoors. Yeah. That, no, that, absolutely. Can, that can have a lasting effect on people's lives. A- absolutely. And you know, when I bring these people in, I'm, I'm starstruck myself. So I'm always kind of nervous in speaking with them. We actually, there was this one moment. Um, do you know, Jimmy Chin? I'm I sure. do. I I know that like everyone knows Jimmy Chin because, you know, Jimmy Chin and Alex Honnold, these guys have become like embedded in like not just climbing culture, but like culture at this point. Um, We uh, I was teaching a book called Man's Search for Meaning um, and the author, Viktor Frankl, um, long story short, but he's actually he became a mountain climber in his in his older age after surviving three years of concentration camps. and so I kind of brought in the principles and tenets of man's search for meaning, and I connected it to the world of climbing in the outdoors. And so strangely enough, Jimmy Chin was speaking at the Explorers Club in New York City um, the week that we were finishing man's search for meaning. So I held an essay competition across 40 boys. And I said, listen, whoever writes the best essay, maybe, just maybe we can give Jimmy Chin this essay. Um, and he can he can read it because um, what we were doing, we were con- we were comparing Man's Search for Meaning to Jimmy Chin's documentary uh, Maru. And so uh, one of our guys, you know, won. like we did a Democratic vote. Um, this this kid, Eugene, won. And so we brought his essay to the Explorers Club and we actually handed Jimmy Chin this essay and he read it on the plane ride that he would, took with Conrad Anker to Antarctica. <laughs> where they were going to do a first ascent down there. And it was just like in no other space, I guess, would these worlds ever collide, you know, between storytelling and adventure, but we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And like for that kid, like it's such a great fun fact to have. Yeah. And that kid's going to like, he's going to hear Jimmy Chin's name over and over again, because Jimmy Chin is just getting bigger and bigger. And as you said, in culture, in the popular domain. So Every time he hears that, it's like, I've got a story about Jimmy Chin. (laughs) I've got a story about Jimmy Chin. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
I want to I want to know about your trip to Ireland a little bit more. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I'll be remiss of me not to ask you about that. Yes. So this was in 2015. So I was 25 years old. And at that age, I was just kind of like on a teacher's salary. I would just book trips. Um, and in my 20s, my whole goal was to uh, go to every uh, continent on a teacher's salary. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm half Irish. My dad is Irish. My last name's Morrissey. I was going to say you've got a very Irish second name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom is Greek and Costa Rican. So it's, okay. it's fusion of cultures but um so i went to ireland in 2015 for the first time flew into shannon um and i had read articles online about wild camping in ireland that the code of conduct was you could kind of knock on someone's door and sometimes a, a farmer at least on the west coast would allow you to camp maybe in the backyard and so i flew to shannon airport and i just had my backpack and my tent and some cliff bars. And I just walked from Shannon basically to Dunmore East, um, got lost along the way several times and camped in some pretty incredible places, mostly with sheep and cows. Um, got to see the coast. I went surfing in Dingle one day, which was amazing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. My dad's cousin has a cottage on the Celtic Sea in Dunmore East. And so the goal was to get there and I got there and it was, you know, like so many of these treks, it was just transformative. And it was just me and my thoughts focusing on, you know, the next step. Yeah. But I loved it. I'm, I think the next trip, at least for Mountain Goat, is um, over the next year, we would like to do the Ring of Kerry. So I'd love to bring a group of maybe 10 to 12 guys out to Ireland, do the Ring of Kerry and connect with you. Would you, would you drive or are you thinking of uh, like walking it? I think walking it, yeah. So there's 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 the the Kerry Way, which will be the 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 one that you would probably use. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. So it, it kind of it almost does the same loop as the 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 Ring of Kerry. The Ring of Kerry, obviously, being the road, but mm -hmm. then there's the the Kerry Way, which is the the actual hiking trail, uh, which is absolutely spectacular. It's like just one of the most beautiful places in the world. I was lucky enough. Well, you might second guess me on whether I was lucky enough, but I put myself through torture. I did an ultra run that took oh. a part of the, the Kerry way and it was That's just tough. absolutely amazing. I think it was the, the, the thing that got me through it. There was two things, three things that got me through it. One was the amazing views. Two was the bean burritos I made for myself the night before. <laughs> and three was my girlfriend being like the best support I've ever <laughs> had for anything. But it, yeah, it was That's an great. unbelievable experience. Yes, we're gonna have to connect with you on this trip. Yeah, one hundred percent. We'll come out and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll definitely. Well, at least we can direct you. That's the the, yeah. the best, the least thing that we can do. Yeah. Um, That's but yeah, great. that that is that is kind of a it's a it's a known unknown and an unknown known in Ireland around that like kind of culture of like of using people's land and it's even Irish people don't really know about that like particularly mm. people that live in, in urban areas, they wouldn't know that you can just go and just knock on someone's door and ask them, could you stay in their, in their land? Because most of Ireland is private land, mm. uh, whether it's owned by the government or it's owned by private landowners, there's not a huge amount of wild space in the country. In fact, I think there's only like less than 1% of the country is actually deemed as wild. Everything else, even their, our, our highest mountain, is private property. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's not a lot of places that you can technically wild camp. It's you're camping on people's land uh, yeah. and you do have to ask their permission as, which is different. If you're ever, I don't know if you've been to or ever planning on going to Scotland, Scotland is the other extreme where it's completely uh, right to roam. So you can wild camp anywhere you want essentially, yeah. and you can walk anywhere you want. So um, that might be, overwhelming maybe because you're just like i can just do whatever i want yeah yeah Yeah, i would definitely get lost out there i that that sounds incredible yeah Yeah. i think like with that trip i was most nervous about knocking on people's doors yeah but that's 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 one of those things where you you it's a character building um adventure because you've got character building where you're putting yourself into the wild places of the world and you have to sur- survive off your own instinct. You have to survive off, you know, if you don't have an app, you know, like I care, you don't have a compass, you don't have, you literally using those, that's character building. Then there's the other character building where you have to put yourself out there. You really have to put yourself out there and ask permission to use something um, that's not yours. So knocking on someone's door, I've done it before myself. It's not easy. You know, you're like, Hi, you've never met me before. I'm a random person from a different country. Can I sleep in your land, please? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, like, but 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 it is normal, you know. In a lot of places like that, it, it it not every day, but it's like most people will have experienced that at some point, especially if you're near like a, you know, you're on a kind of a touristy part of the world. You you will experience that. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, I've done it by myself. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it definitely is character building because you have to like build this kind of confidence of going out and asking. And the more you do it, the better, more confident you get. But then that confidence bleeds out into the the rest of your life, probably yeah. not for the better. Sometimes you're like, I'm just gonna go and ask if I can be president. <laughs> yeah. Well, that might have helped with your seed funding. Yes, possibly. Yeah, yeah. We had we had to go out and ask for money. Yeah, so that was all those years of knocking on farmers' doors yeah. paid off. <laughs> I mean, that's the most uncomfortable ask is asking for money, and you had that experience knocking on doors asking for space. Yeah. Well, I, my career was in predominantly was in sales, so I had a oh, lot of experience of like knocking on people's doors and asking them for money. <laughs> so <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um. So tell me, uh, what sure. have you got lined up now? What's 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 the future yeah. for Met and Gold Movement and what's the future for Greg Marcy? Sounds good. So um, I decided in June to leave teaching and go all in on Mountain Goat Movement, um, which is, you know, very scary, but also exciting at the same time. But I think, you know, at some point I would like to have a family. So now is the time to, to do this. So I'm going all in on Mountain Goat Movement for the year ahead to see what we can do. Um, we have some exciting projects lined up. So beyond hiking and trekking, you know, we definitely venture into other outdoor activities. Um, we have some whitewater rafting trips lined up this fall. We have some ski trips for the winter. Um, but the more, the bigger trips, I guess you would say, the bigger projects would include um, going back to Kilimanjaro in January with an adult group. So we'll be there January 10th to the 20th. And just out of sheer coincidence, I met who's ultimately going to become my business partner. Um, his name's John Barnhart. I met John in Denver, Colorado, because he was filming for Outdoor Retailer, 
Um, have you, have you ever been to outdoor retailer? I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. It might've been one of the stores recently. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, so basically outdoor retailer is always hosted in Denver, Salt Lake city, and it's a convention for some of the larger. Oh, outdoor sorry. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I am familiar with it. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I thought it was yeah. a store. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a great event. Um, cause you kind of meet folks who are working on all different types of projects in the outdoors. And so John films for this event and, um, told him about mountain goat movement. My work as a teacher, and we just had so many similarities that was impossible to ignore. And within 30 minutes, he was all on board for mountain goat movement. And so he's going to be filming, um, our trips for the next year ahead. And so we're really excited to have him. Um, so he'll be with us in Kilimanjaro in January. He actually has a show on Amazon prime. It's called born to explore. So he's been to Africa about 20 times. And in this show, he follows uh, the former president of the Explorers Club, uh, Richard Weiss, um, all over the world. Um, so, you know, just out of like sheer luck and coincidence, um, I met John and, and John's excited to work with us. Um, after that, one of our bigger projects for the year is in March, um, speaking about connecting with Explorers. Um, I connected with my friend Tendi Sherpa. So Tendi Sherpa um, is a guide on Everest. Um, he summited Everest 13 times, which is a surreal number for me to even comprehend. Um, Tendi is building a school in Kathmandu for um, orphans who lost their dads guiding on Everest. So he has about 46 children who are in need of a school. So in March, the middle of March, um, we're going to do a 10 day trek in the Himalaya and those funds will go towards the building of the school for Tendi. Um, so right now I'm recruiting folks, anyone and everyone who's interested in doing a beautiful trick in the Himalayas with Tendi Sherpa at the helm and then using those funds to help build the school. Um, and then I guess like some personal projects. Um, I'm going to Aconcagua at the end of January. So really excited about that. Um, I'll continue to hike the highest point in every state. And then, you know, I think that the dream is to get to Denali. Um, so, um, that's what I'll be doing with my personal life. And then, you know, I, I love to journal all these trips, like all the people that I encounter, um, these experiences. Um, and so I think, you know, over the year ahead, I'd like to put, some of those journals into a comprehensive book form, if just for me and my, my family, but to just have that writing down. Um, so I think we're really excited for what's ahead. Um, I'm nervous because so much of this I'm learning on the fly. Like I've never used Squarespace before. So operating a website is all new to me. You saw me, I had, uh, the cord headphones and I couldn't figure that out with my Mac. So I need help in the tech space, like the outdoor world. I know the tech space I need help with. Um, so there will definitely be plenty of challenges ahead. Well, it sounds like you've got a busy year, at least ahead of you. Um, and this whole learning on the fly thing, honestly, that's what everybody does. Everybody learns yeah. on the fly. I had no idea how to develop. Well, I still don't know how to develop an app. I don't do that, but I, know, I didn't know how to record a podcast. I didn't know how to, to do any of the things that I do on a daily basis here. So it's all learning on the fly. So uh, you're definitely doing the right things at the right time. And, you know, you, you, you're, you're keeping yourself busy enough that the learning just co comes quickly. And when you learn on the fly and you have so much stuff that's lined up, 
Mm. You, you'll it just comes naturally to you really um maybe not the tech stuff maybe you do need to get a better <laughs> set of headphones <laughs> but uh <laughs> you'll get there yeah. you'll get there absolutely thank you yeah excited well, for it greg it's been an absolute pleasure having you on on the show um i'm i'm 100 sure that we're going to be speaking again uh hopefully in the not too distant future well we're definitely going to have you over in ireland anyway doing the carry yes, way so. um, absolutely but you know, Europe is not uh, not a massive place. So if you're ever touching over to Europe, just let me know, and we can uh, we can try to hook up there. And if uh, we're coming over to the states anytime soon, which I'm pretty sure we will be, uh, I'll let you know. That's that would be great. That would be great. Thank you so much for having me on. And this is this has been great, and I look forward to building our friendship. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, look, it, it, all the best, uh, uh, honestly, with, with the mountain goat movement. What you're doing is so inspiring. Um, hopefully people can take example from this as well and, you know, replicate what you're doing around the world, getting more people at crucial times in their life, whether it's young or whether, you know, you're later in your life as well, just spreading that message of get outdoors. It's the best place you're, you're, <laughs> you find meaning, you find purpose, you, you know, you just even find yourself, uh, outdoors. So yeah more power to you and we're really looking forward to see how um how you guys get on absolutely and congrats to all the work that you've been doing with hiker thank you so much okay greg thank you see you next time thank you see you next time There you have it, my interview with the very friendly and very ambitious and very driven Greg Morrissey. Uh, cannot wait to see what he gets up, with, up to with the, the Mountain Goat movement, where they go. Hopefully they come to Ireland very, very soon. Um, yeah, it was great having him on. Uh, thank you thank you again to, to, to Greg for giving up your time and, and coming on and having a chat. So that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back again next week with another show. I've, I'm two for two. I'm going to keep this one going. I'm going to keep this record going as, as long as I can. If you are interested in coming on the show and sharing your story, or you know someone else that should be on the show and talking about hiking, talking about the outdoors, talking about trails, talking about anything that, I suppose, has that story about finding meaning in the outdoors then by all means uh, i encourage you to get in touch all you have to do is send us an email at podcast at hiker.co that's podcast at hiker.co or just uh, reach out to us on any of our social media platforms uh, i am usually the one that is going to respond so so you can get us that way yeah so that's it for this week i will talk to you next week happy trails happy trails